there, it's Charlie O'Shields here with another episode of Sketching Stuff. As most of you know by now, I adore sketching things each and every day. It's a habit that I've formed and I simply can't stop. It's too much fun. I also ramble on a bit after I've sketched based on whatever inspires me in the moment. And that becomes the stories you'll find in this podcast. Though I adore drawing things, it's color that really steals my heart. And my favorite medium to color with is watercolor. If you also adore watercolor or want to give it a try, I hope you'll join us for World Watercolor Month in July. This is an annual nonprofit event that features the 31 Watercolors in 31 Days Challenge. Or just jump in and share your watercolors anytime you like during the month by adding hashtag World Watercolor Month whenever you post on social media. And best of all, it's a benefit for the Dreaming Zebra Foundation to help get art supplies for underprivileged kids who just might grow up to become our future artists. I'm quite passionate about getting people of all ages to make art. This world needs the added beauty that we create each time we draw and paint, even if we're just starting out and trying to figure it all out. I always feel like I'm still a beginner in life and art, and that's just fine by me. I'll simply continue to spend each and every day joyously and optimistically sketching with watercolor. Welcome to Sketching Stuff, a collection of stories sketched from life. Flashes of color. For a prompt of desert once, I decided to make a sketch of a blooming cactus. I don't live in a desert climate, so this isn't a view I normally see, but when I'm traveling to the desert, it's one of my favorites. Though we've had hot temperatures here where I do live lately, today was pleasantly mild. Philippe and I had a lovely lunch sitting outdoors. We ordered a burger and fries, but the burger was actually falafel, which was quite delicious. If you shape something into a circle and slap it on a bun, it gets to be a burger these days. The day was a bit overcast and cloudy, which I appreciate in the summer as the sun can be way too blistering. Days like this are what photographers call cloudy bright days, where the light is bright but diffused. It's the kind of day that can seem a bit gray at first until you look around and notice all of the colors popping out more than usual. Instead of fighting the sun and fading, bright colors jump forward as if putting on a show. I love these splashes of color and it reminds me that there's no such thing as a gloomy day. Each day is filled with color and light, just waiting for us to make the most of it. I like to observe things when I'm out and then put those ideas into my mental journal. The way the light dances across flowers or the colors I hadn't noticed before that I find in shadows. I don't enjoy painting outdoors, however, unless it's somewhere remote and the weather is perfect. I don't like being in the middle of crowds or braving extreme weather and prefer to simply paint in the peace and quiet of home. But that doesn't stop me from painting in my mind literally all of the time. I'm constantly getting ideas for ways to use color by the things I observe throughout the day. And if there are no distractions, I'll even make a sketch of something. When there are too many people bustling about, I just wait until I get back inside and dash something off from memory. For me, art is all about relaxation and focusing my mind for just a few minutes each day. So I in turn approach it a bit differently. The effect on the rest of my day has been amazing, so it's really not surprising that I continue to show up daily. Throughout my life, settling my mind has always been a challenge. It bounces around from idea to idea, and I've spent much of my life in a highly distracted state. 
I was often more in my own head than I was present with those around me. These days, I can be much more present and enjoy what's actually happening around me rather than worrying over what's happening next. And even if the artist in me gets distracted by a beautiful flower, it's no longer just an idea in my head. It can instead become a conversation starter. Perhaps that's why I've always loved writing. Along with the visual therapy, it's good to attempt to take some of those ideas currently swirling through my mind and attempt to make some sense of them, or at least ramble a bit to see if any sense manages to appear. I have no idea to the success rate for that actually happening. What I do know is that I feel very grateful to have my sketching habit. It just wouldn't be the same optimistic day without taking a little time and spending it with splashes of color. A Little Hermit For a prompt of beach once, my mind wandered to a little hermit crab. Perhaps it's because this is Friday night and I'm heading into the weekend, thrilled to be spending that time hiding at home. In the case of a hermit crab, of course, this home is purloined from some sort of scavenged mollusk shell. Being an introvert at heart, I tend to get a bit reclusive at times. I sink into my own thoughts and imagination and tend to shy away from large crowds. What I adore most is a bit of truly special and quiet time spent with the people I love. I don't care for large events with throngs of people and am quite happy just staying in my own little shell. When I was younger, I actually loved going to parties, but only because I knew I would always find the other person like me with whom I could sit and chat throughout the evening. While everyone else talked to everyone else at once, that evening's newfound friend and myself would have a much more personal conversation. In truth, I love talking to people, but only if the conversation contains a bit of meaning, as I'm perfectly worthless when it comes to chit-chat. That skill of talking while saying and indeed revealing nothing much at all. So these days, I just stay home much of the time. A few years ago, I had a very social friend who asked me to go out somewhere and then qualified the ask with, or are you just going to be a hermit like usual? The way he said it made it seem like my own proclivities were somehow bad and his were somehow superior. It made me wonder about what's normal and what's considered a bit odd or eccentric. This friend was extremely social and always attended the latest and greatest parties or charity events du jour. To me, the fact that we were actually still friends more than proved that I'm not truly antisocial by any stretch. Yet the fact that I turned down nearly every one of the events I was invited to labeled me a hermit. I would ask him silly questions like, who's going to be there? To which he would respond, everyone, who cares? That's when I knew for certain we were wired a bit differently. I don't have any desire to show up to a crowd of anyone's. I just want to see and chat with my people, the ones who understand me and have something in common without forcing the issue with idle chatter and strangely forced banter. The thing about being an introvert that an extrovert doesn't always realize is that our energies work in reverse. While my friend soaked up every human body at a party as a source of pure energy, I instead would be zapped of energy by the end of the night. Unless, of course, I found that someone who would sit off in the corner with me and have a real conversation. When that happened, I would return home exhilarated, thinking parties are the most amazing thing in the world and really, more people should attend them. 
These days, I'm getting too old to be invited to those sorts of parties and too wise to bother with most of them in the first place. I now go wherever my heart tells me to go next. I don't worry over what I should or shouldn't do or anguish about some social grace that I'm defying anymore. I just do what feels most like me. Yet my heart does have an odd little secret wish. If I could just spend a few moments one-on-one with each of you who read my posts online and listen to this podcast, it would make me the happiest guy on the planet. I already know you're definitely my kind of people. The ones I would find at those parties making the evening absolutely perfect. It's not likely possible, of course, as nearly all of you live in different places and, well, continents, but it would be a dream come true. A chance to come face to face with my own inspiration would be the best thing of all, even for a little hermit. A Touch of Magic When I was a kid, travel often included a visit to a lake of some kind, so a prompt of insects once made me think of a dragonfly. I've always thought these creatures were a bit magical with their luminescent wings and hummingbird flight ability. Sure, up close, I also find them a bit odd and unsettling, but no worse so than looking at myself in the mirror when I first wake up in the morning. If you squint just right with a healthy suspension of disbelief, it's almost cute. As a child, I always adored the notion of something mysterious and loved to imagine that things I found fascinating had magical powers of some kind. Indeed, I wished I too had some sort of magical power as well. I thought it would be cool to be able to become invisible, for example, or indeed be able to fly through the air. I guess it's just human nature to want to be special in some way. An enduring dream to possess some talent or skill that sets one apart from the crowd of others. When we're little, this is a simple enough idea, but as we get older, it becomes a dance between fitting in and standing out. For me, I just love to believe that there are mysteries in the world that may never be riddled out. I don't want all of the answers. I just want to experience the beautiful wonder that comes from exploring all of the questions. What I love about kids is that they often ask why. To adults, it's a cute thing as we know they simply don't know the answer. But many times it becomes a cutely hilarious situation when the adult doesn't quite know the true answer either. Those times when childlike innocence poses a question that we have to stop and ponder a bit. There is so much that we learn as we grow up and yet that knowledge is never really absolute. The world changes quickly and we learn more things about the world each and every day. Each year there are those headlines telling us that what we thought was true for years has just been proven wrong. Some scientist somewhere has discovered something that though more tests are always needed, it calls into doubt whatever it was that was considered fact just before that. Though we know quite a lot about life and our past, what fascinates me is both what we don't know yet and what we got completely wrong. In my childlike mind, this is entirely proof that some sort of magic must indeed exist. How we choose to define those bits that can't be explained properly, of course, is entirely up to us as individuals. What I do know is that the world is a wondrous place and I find its contents endlessly fascinating. It's why I know I'll never run out of stuff to sketch, and why I'll always see something new each time I look at something I've sketched before. In fact, I adore sketching stuff I've tried before as it's a chance to see something again for the first time. 
This is the gift that comes from making things. As artists of any type, our goal is to give the world a depiction of some kind. Whether with words or images, what we make is a reflection of life itself. It's bits of our own reflection mixed with realities that we explore more than truly understand. In truth, nobody truly understands all there is to know about life. There will always be those questions, the ones only a child might ask, to reveal to us just how much we have to learn. Life isn't about knowing, it's just about learning something new each and every day. Thousands of mysteries are waiting to be solved and that's what makes life worth living. We're never at the end, only the beginning, and it's exciting to discover what each new day brings. The great news is, when we approach those days with the eyes of an artist, we're guaranteed to experience a touch of magic. The Sound of Waves For a prompt of waves once, I opted for a chance to sketch my favorite shell in the form of a queen conch. If you've been listening to my posts for a while now, you already know that I'm fascinated with these seashells. As a kid, I was told that you could hold up one to your ear and hear the sound of the ocean. I was thrilled the first time I tried it and discovered it was true. Well, it's both true and false, of course as the sound really does resemble that of ocean waves, but it's really just an amplification of ambient noise. Being a geeky little kid, I looked this up in my trusty encyclopedia, yeah, no Google back then, and discovered the truth. But this didn't stop me from imagining an entire miniature marine world trapped inside each shell. Thankfully, this sense of wonder has followed me into adulthood. Even when I know the facts of the matter, I still find facts to be boring at times and prefer to live inside my own imagination instead. Sometimes knowing the truth about something does little to add excitement, but imagining new possibilities can be quite a thrill. So my conch shell is filled with a tiny ocean of possibilities crashing like waves in my childlike mind. It's true, I'm married to a PhD scientist named Philippe, and there are often documentaries playing in the background when I sketch. This is often why so many little bits of trivia sneak into these posts. I think it's wondrous to learn new things and discover bits about our world that we didn't know. But what gets me most excited is that even scientists are still learning. In fact, like artists, they're in a constant state of learning. Each new epiphany, while exciting in the moment, only leads to more questions. I think that when one is truly interested in learning or looking to be more creative in life, it's always good to value questions over answers. I've mentioned before that instead of making tons of to-do lists, I like to make a what-if list instead. Those things I want to try next and those little things that I've just been dreaming about along the way. Truly, there's never enough hours in the day to accomplish all of the things I've decided I should do next, but just like holding a shell up to my ear for a moment to imagine being on a beach, the act of dreaming itself keeps those ideas alive just a little bit longer. I'm currently a bit behind on every one of my creative projects, but I've not given up hope. I know that I'll manage to make everything happen eventually, and that's good enough for me. I never put pressure on myself to do because my definition of doing is all about fun. If something isn't feeling super fun to me, then I just wait until it becomes fun again. Why? 
because I know that personally, things I produce with that sense of fun are always the best things I can offer up. I want everything I do to be embedded with a sense of joy because I know it makes the outcome much better. By the way, I always have to share that some artists choose angst, drama, and pathos, and that's totally an option as well. But for me, it's all about joy and hope. I'm just wired with an extreme level of optimism, and that's how I've always lived my life. Dreams can indeed come true, so many of mine have already, and I hope for many more to see the light of day in the future. I've no idea how much time I have left on this little green planet or what I'll actually be able to accomplish along the way. What I do know is that I'm going to enjoy every moment of that time, dreaming up crazy new ideas, getting a bit lost in all of the sheer possibility as I listen to the sound of waves. Riding the Open Road For a prompt of cycle once, I opted for a motorcycle simply because I've never sketched one and wanted to try. I chose a bit of a vintage model and then realized that motorcycles are ridiculously complex. I used just three colors, dotted in details that I saw, and others are a bit invented to hopefully create the illusion of an actual motorcycle, though I'm rather sure this one wouldn't last long if it were taken out on the open road. I'm truly not sure all of the wires even connect. I've never owned a motorcycle, but back when I was in art school, one of my best friends did. She used to take me for rides, and once we rode out to the country early in the morning to watch the sunrise. We were only on unpopulated back roads, so I found the experience really memorable and magical. Later, she would take me on a tour via a highway, and the feeling of bugs hitting my skin at over 65 miles per hour was a far less pleasurable experience. I remember squealing and screaming in a most embarrassing fashion most of the trip. This was the first and last time she ever invited me to join her for a ride that was anything over 30 miles per hour. For my own part, being one who prefers vehicles with walls, I still felt rather daring the entire time. And it felt great. I've never been what one would call a thrill seeker, and I always find it thrilling to experience something that I wouldn't normally do. When it came to motorcycles, I would have never even ridden on one had I not been coaxed by a good friend. That experience really stuck with me. And perhaps more importantly, I remember the feeling of doing something that I never would have done if I was left to my own inclinations. There's quite a difference between keeping yourself safe and just playing it safe. I often find myself leaning toward an option that feels the most comfortable. Indeed, when I choose something to create each day, my first choice is something I've practiced and that I know I can sketch quite well. So even if I choose a beloved subject matter, I opt for a difficult perspective or something that will challenge me a bit, or in the case of a motorcycle, force myself to sketch something for the very first time. It's an interesting thing as when I started, everything was a first so I didn't have to worry at all. Now there's a level of skill that I've expressed, so trying something that I've never once sketched feels just a bit daring. And it's so much fun. Join me. If you've been waiting to create something that you simply think is beyond you at this point, then by all means, do it. Or as my inner child would say, I dare you to do it. What I've learned on this little art journey is that while I adore it if people love what I make, I adore it most when I love making it in the first place. I think that's the secret to building a daily art habit. 
As much as I'm certainly sharing a bit of performance art each day in my doodle washes and words, it's still a very personal approach. I make what my heart tells me to make and let my heart share whatever words it wants in the accompanying post. One would think after all of this time I would have started editing myself or attempting to craft something a bit more eloquent, but instead I just make a little something and then ramble on as words come to mind. For me, this is my art form. I'm not sure what anyone would call it or if there's even a name for what I do. What I know is that it makes me very happy. I adore seeing an image appear in my little sketchbook and am always surprised by the words it inspires. Perhaps I'm too squeamish to hop on a motorcycle and hit the highway, but I still always feel the thrill of living life by riding the open road. When the sun sets. For a prompt of lighthouse once, I decided to sketch one at sunset just before it starts doing its job for the evening. Also, I realized I tend to just splash bits of blue about to suggest a sky on the rare occasions that I add one. So I thought I'd try something a little more colorful. I love sunsets. It's like watching two completely different skies come together to shake hands before they surrender to the stars. I find it impossible to do anything but pause for a moment and reflect on things during this moment. Sometimes on the idea of light itself. Tonight, Philippe and I were discussing stars, as geeky couples are sometimes prone to do, along with the speed of light. While light is the fastest thing we know in the universe, it still takes a bit of time to travel. A beautiful night sky full of stars is a painting of the past, often showing us a glimpse of stars as they looked millions of years ago. Stars live a long time, but in very rare cases we might not yet know if they're actually still there or not. Even our own world's most important star, the Sun, reaches us with a bit of a delay. The Sun we're viewing is actually an image of a Sun from eight minutes ago. It's fascinating to think the past is actually the present. We went on to discuss the fact that if you lived 66 million light years away and had a really amazing telescope, you'd be able to watch dinosaurs on Earth. Of course, the telescope would have to be roughly the size of several planet Earths, and that's likely not possible. More interesting to me was thinking about old television programs and how radio waves travel at the same high speed. It's fascinating to think that millions of years from now, another planet might get to experience I Love Lucy for the first time. In truth, we simply don't know what we don't know. As Philippe hypothesized, there could be a planet in another solar system that's several times bigger than ours with beings much like us. This would mean the inhabitants can't travel through space like we can, and we have much less of a clue about the rest of the universe. They would be stuck in their own reality with no glimpse of anything else at all. Though all of this is fascinating to consider, it's clear that we ourselves have only a fraction of the knowledge all of the universe has to offer. And perhaps that's okay. I truly believe that life is best lived by asking questions rather than constantly looking for answers. In the very act of asking what if, we can discover so many wonderful possibilities. Whether or not these possibilities are actually true is something to be tested, but the very act of considering them is the purest definition of creativity. If you want to make art of any kind and in any medium, the only thing you need to have when you begin is an open mind. 
The moment we create past some previously held belief or habit in our thinking is the most amazing moment of all. And as ever, this isn't a post about a lighthouse, it's a post about finding that bit of light that inspires us individually. There's something out there in those stars that is calling to each of us. Whatever we choose to believe and consider is the gloriously unique thing that makes us who we are. And that's a very beautiful trait indeed. What I sincerely hope is that at the end of the day, we always continue to believe in ourselves. There's a world of possibility waiting for each of us to discover, and there's a fresh chance to discover it again each and every day when the sun sets. Thanks so much for listening to the Sketching Stuff podcast. I hope you enjoyed it, and new episodes will be added bi-weekly. Visit me at sketchingstuff.com to share your comments and stories. Bye.